decided some time ago that he was going to come as man, God as man for our sake, that he would experience what we do. And just the whole idea of God as man is amazing. But, you know, that's how much he loves us. And so we just want to welcome you tonight and thank you for being here. And um, I'm just going to ask the pastor to come and open us in prayer. All right. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this season. We thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for the gift of Jesus. And Father, I pray this, this evening that you would open our spiritual eyes to see you with greater clarity, that you would open our ears to hear your small, still voice speaking to our hearts, that you would open our hearts to receive everything that you have for us tonight, that we would walk away changed because we've had an encounter with you. So we pray all these things with expectation in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All right. Psalm 138 says, I will sing your praises before the gods. I will bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's ways for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me. For you made me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life, for your life. Do you believe that to see me? And, and what have we been? We've been going through the scripture that talks about God's will for you is good and pleasing and perfect. I want to thank you so much for joining us this evening. We're going to do something a little bit different. We're just going to keep it real simple tonight. I know that many of you have plans with your family. And one of our mottos here at Life Fellowship is life-giving, life-changing, life-relationships. And so we're serious about building relationships, and we're serious about having family time, and so um, I'm not going to keep you too terribly long tonight. Thank you so much again for joining us, and, and Merry Christmas, by the way. Merry this morning, um, this morning, man, I knew I was going to say that. I'm like, no, it's not morning, it's evening. This evening, I would like to read from the book of Luke, chapter 2. I'm going to read verses 1 through 20, and you can follow along in your mobile device or if you have a, a Bible there, or you can just listen and receive whatever's comfortable for you. Luke chapter 2, the birth of Jesus. At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Chieronus, I think that's how you pronounce it, was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. 
She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger or a feeding trough. If you don't know what a manger is, basically it's a feeding trough for the animals because there was no lodging available for them. They're traveling there, and everybody else is coming, or people are coming from all over the area, and there's no room, and she's pregnant. And I can imagine that the, the inn owner or uh, person responsible for the inn said, well, listen, we don't have any room for you, but there, we, we have a barn out here. We have a feeding trough that you can put the baby in. I would just have to keep the cows and sheep away and make sure they don't eat the hay in the manger. When you think about this story, you think about here's the Savior, the Messiah. He has such a humble beginning. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Okay, let me read on in verse 6. I get so excited. Now Mary was obviously pregnant, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son. She wrapped him in snugly in the strips of cloth and laid him in the manger because there was no lodging available for them. Verse 8, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And, and I love this. You know, a lot of times you see this in the Word of God where there's an angel, and it's like, suddenly, and that's what it says here, suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. It wasn't, the radiance of the Lord didn't just surround the angel, but surrounded all of them. They were very cool with it. No, it doesn't say that. It says, they were terrified because suddenly this angel shows up and the glory of God is all around them and they're terrified. As always happens or mostly always happens with an angel, the angel's like, hey, cool, be, you know, chill, don't worry, don't be afraid. So anyway, they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The angel shows up, and they're terrified, and the glory of God is there. But the angel says, listen, I've got good news for you. This is great news, not just for you, but for all people. It's not just for those that are in the synagogue. It's not just for those that are in the church, in other words. It's not just for those that are rich. It's not just for those that, that are the good people or whatever that may look like. It's for all people. He says, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by the sign. You will find the baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others and the armies of heaven praising God. And so not only does... This angel show up, and the glory of God. Now all these other angels show up, and they start praising God by saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. It must have been an amazing experience for them to have this happen. The thing that I was thinking about as I was preparing for this message this evening was that they knew that the Messiah was coming. The prophets of old had told them, the Savior, the Messiah is coming. And then here this angel tells them, he says, well, you know, you're going to go down here and you're going to find this baby in a manger. If I would have been them, I would have been thinking, well, wait, this is the Messiah. This is a Savior. And I would think that he would be at the five-star hotel or something like that. 
Of course, it, it probably helped that they had this angel show up and then all these other angels to help validate what they were hearing. They said, well, let's go check it out. Let's look at verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. How many times has the Lord spoken to you, either through the Word of God or through the Holy Spirit speaking to you, and you've not believed it? Are you hearing the voice of God? Are you placing yourself in a position to be hearing from the Lord? They said, let's go see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The Lord wants to speak to us. As I just quoted a while ago, his, his will for us is good and pleasing and perfect. So God has a great plan for each and every one of us. Are we listening to that small, still voice? Okay, let me read on in 16. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying God and praising God for all they had heard and seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. I love what Christine and the women have done in the decor. You don't see, well, you see one gift under the tree here, and that's the gift of Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about, and I know you know that. I love that the emphasis in our lives should be on Christ, the coming King. And also, I was thinking about this this afternoon, and I want to read the first part of, of chapter 2 here. It says, At that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. I was thinking about King David. I was thinking about how that he was an ancestor of Jesus. And, if, and many of you know the story of David. He, he did some really bad things. Um, the word says that he was a man after God's own heart, but yet you probably remember the story about King David having the affair with Bathsheba, and she got pregnant, and they tried to hide it. And basically, he had her husband Uriah killed in the heat of battle. And he said, put him in the heat of battle and then withdraw. So basically... David had Bathsheba's husband murdered. But yet, David was a man after God's own heart. I think what that really says to me is that David understood his need for God. He understood his need for forgiveness. And he was able to go to God and say, God, listen, I have really messed up. And if you read a lot of the Psalms that he wrote, you see him crying out, pouring out his heart. And David understood the depth and the love and the forgiveness that God has had for him and for us. And I think it's good to be reminded of that, that Jesus came to save all of humanity, and he's God's greatest gift to us. And then when you go back and you look at King David, you see also in his lineage that his great-great-great-grandmother was Rahab the harlot. You may know the story when Joshua was leading the children of Israel from Egypt from into the promised land, he sent out a couple of spies and he said, listen, I want you guys to go to Jericho and I want you to check it out and see what we're up against. We're going to take this. We're going we're to take them down. And so anyway, the two spies go. In these fortified cities, they would have an outer wall 
And then within that outer wall would be an inner wall that would be like maybe 10 or 15 feet inside that outer wall. I'm not sure the reasoning why. Maybe it was so they could fortify the, the outer wall and strengthen it. But a lot of people, or there were people that would, would build their houses between those two sections of the wall. So you have this outer wall, and then you have a, a space 10 or 15 feet, and then you have an inner wall. And that's where Rahab the harlot lived. And I guess it was convenient for a harlot to live there because people would be coming in and out of the city and by the gate. That's where these two spies went. They went to stay with Rahab the harlot. And I guess there were a couple of reasons. One, they could be inconspicuous because she probably had traffic coming in and out of of her apartment. I probably can't and shouldn't speak to whether they had any, uh, what kind of interaction they had. Anyway, they went to stay there and check it out, and the, the people in Jericho found out, and they began to look for the spies. And she said, you know what, I'll, I'll hide you guys. I'll try to keep you hidden. The deal is, well, when you guys come to take Jericho, will you protect me and my family? And, and the spies said, yeah, but you need to have everybody here. Have everybody here in your home. I can't guarantee protection if they're out somewhere else. Anyway, Rahab hid the spies, and then they were able to safely leave and return. And what I'm really trying to get at here this evening is that when you think of a harlot, when you think of Rahab, you think of her lifestyle, to think that down the line from her ancestral line would be Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior. And if you're here this evening and you're thinking, you don't know what I've done. You don't know my life. You don't know the things that I've done. Let me tell you that God's love is greater than our mistakes. And let's never be defined by our past. Our destiny may have some connection to our past, but our destiny can be changed through the power of the Lord and receiving Him into our life. And that's really the message of Christ, that Christ came to restore all of humanity back into relationship with Him. Not just the good people, Not just the religious people. Some of those religious people were the ones that really needed Jesus, right? Because they were so steeped in legalism and religion and all that stuff. They had missed the heart of God that it's about a relationship. So if you're here this evening and you're saying, man, you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter what you've done. God's love and grace is greater than that. So never let your failures determine your destiny. Because through God... You can fulfill the great plan and purpose that he has for you. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe you're here this evening and God is speaking to your heart. Maybe you had a relationship with him at one point in time and you've walked away. Or maybe you've never had a relationship with him. But you sense that the Lord is speaking to your heart tonight. Maybe to recommit to him or come to him in relationship. If that's you, would you slip up your hand? I want to pray with you. Listen, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. Anyone else? Tony, would you come up? I want to pray with you personally. I, I don't want to embarrass you, but... Oh, good. <laughs> Johnny works at the pharmacy, and I've been talking to her for about four years to come and join us. And uh, If you just repeat this prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you tonight. I yield my life to you. I ask your forgiveness for all my sins. Today is a new day. 
today is a new day. And I yield my life to you. Today is a new day and I yield my life to you. And I thank you. And I thank you. For this new beginning. For this new beginning. And this fresh start. This fresh start. All that old stuff. All that old stuff. Is gone. It's gone. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you. I want to pray one more prayer for you. Lord God, I lift up Johnny. I pray that you would fill her with a fire and the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that you would experience your presence in a fresh new way. Lord God, that you would hear your small, still voice speaking to her like she has never heard it before. And Father, I pray that you fill her to overflowing with your great love. And I thank you for this lady. I thank you for her boldness to step out and receive everything that you have for her. So, Lord God, I pray that she receives everything that you have for her. Tonight, December 24th, 2014, is a new day for her. Thank you so much, Lord God. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, that's what it's all about, guys. Jesus said in... John 10, 10, he said, The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you may have life in abundance. And so if you're not living an abundant life, man, come on, get on board. Get on board with him. Yield your life to him and submit your life to the Lord, and he will take you places. He will do things to your life that you could have never imagined. So I want to encourage you in that. This evening, we're going to have communion. That's one of the reasons I wanted to give people a a chance to respond to the Lord tonight because we believe that communion is reserved for those that have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Communion is open at Life Fellowship from the standpoint of you don't have to be a member if if you're a guest or a visitor and you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. You're welcome. You're uh, welcome to join us for communion. I want to read a passage of Scripture that I read every time we have communion we're going to have some reflection time before we take communion. But I want to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 through 31. It says, "For I, This is Paul giving instruction to the early church in Corinth. And, and he says, For I pass on you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And I love that because Jesus is saying, This blood is the covenant that God is making with you. It's not that we're making a covenant with him as much as he is making a covenant with us. We're just receiving all that he has for us, and we're becoming a part of that covenant because of what Christ has done already for us on the cross, taking on all of our sins, being the ransom for every one of our sins, for all of humanity, not just for us in this room and those in churches tonight, but all over the world. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily, is guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick, and some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. And so every time we take communion, 
uh, read that passage of Scripture so that we can be reminded of the importance and the soberness of what we're about to do. Listen, I want you to take communion, but I also want each and every one of us to take some time to reflect and say, God, is there anything in my heart? Is there anything that you're dealing with that, uh, that I need to submit to you? Is there any un- unforgiveness in my life, in my heart, that I need to extend? Do I need to ask forgiveness from somebody? And if you've decided that you're going to take care of that at the first opportunity, well, then it's probably fine for you to take communion. It's really a thing between you and the Lord. But I want to take some time to just ask the Lord to look into our hearts. Before I do, I want to pray over the elements. Dear Heavenly Father, I lift up these wafers that represent your body that was ripped and torn and shredded on the cross for us. Lord, that you willingly went there to take on all the sins of the world. Father, I lift up the, this grape juice that represents your blood that represents your covenant that you made with us. So dear Heavenly Father, we lift these up and we pray that we would be reminded of your great love, your great desire to bring us back into relationship with you, that we can walk in the fullness of life, that we can walk free of the guilt and the shame and the all the stuff that many of us have carried around. Lord God, we pray that you would continue to set us free, that you would bring healing and wholeness to our lives, every area of our life, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, whatever it is we need, God, that you would completely transform us and that you would help us as we grow in you. This evening, we're going to play a reflection song, and when Christine and I come up, If you will come up and get a wafer and a cup of juice and go back and be seated once everyone is served, then we will all partake together. Let's take just a couple of minutes and see if there's anything that that the Lord wants to work in our heart or share with us and allow him to speak to us.
Let us partake of the wafer together and the juice. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Let me just close out in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for this wonderful day. We thank you for this opportunity to come and worship you. We thank you for this time when we can reflect on the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that uh, through this evening and through this weekend, we will take time to spend time, quiet time with you, allowing you to speak to our hearts and remembering what this season is really all about, that you would infuse us with your love and allow your love to pour out and impact the world around us. So we pray all these things with expectation in Jesus' name. I wish you a Merry Christmas and uh, go out and live it. Make a difference in your world. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen.